Fantastic, thank you. So, I'm just going to uh, read this. If you get bored, there are some great fight scenes in uh, Two Kings. Um, so, the visit of the wise men. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in, of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For he saw its star when he rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them, the Christ who is to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he said them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going to the house, they saw the child with Mary the mother and fell down and worshipped him. Moving to verse uh, 12. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Then moving to verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw what he'd been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to that time when he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was said by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. They refuse to be comforted because they are no more. It's the word of the Lord. I was once in the World Yodeling Championships in Minsk. <laughs> True story. And uh, I'm actually a very good yodeler. And the, the time I went with everyone please form an oddly, oddly, oddly EQ. That's horrendous. <laughs> Sorry about that. Have you ever been stood up? Before I met my girlfriend, Emma, I got stood up uh, a couple of times. Well, that's a lie, actually. It happened a lot. I used to get stood up so often, the AA would put me on the map. You know, you go left at McDonald's, right at the crying fat bloke, and you can't miss it. <laughs> and this one time, I got stood up by someone I met on a Christian dating website. And you know how it is. The odds are good, but the goods are odd, right? And it was cold, raining, and I was soaked. And... As I'm waiting for it to turn up, I, I realise that I'm searching for someone. Could it be them? Is it her? I really hope it's not that big, bald bloke. Again. To this day, I still don't know who or what I was really looking for. But I think we're all searching in some way for something at this time of year. Now, maybe some of you are looking for presents. Some of you might be looking for ways to avoid spending time with family. Or maybe you don't know what you're looking for exactly. Only that you're looking. Because at its heart, Christmas is about people searching. Shepherds and wise men, as you're going to hear over the weeks, they're all searching for Jesus. But why are they searching? They search for Jesus because they hear news about Jesus' birth. Emmanuel, God with us. The hope of earth born on Christmas morning. That's good news. The wise men follow a star. The shepherds search for Jesus because they hear news about him. In Luke 2.10, an angel appears to the shepherds 
shepherds and tells them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Because the news of Jesus' birth is news of God's mercy, God's grace, and God's love for the world. And like all news that you are going to hear, good or bad, you don't get a choice over what happens, only over how you respond to it. The news of God sending his son to be born is what it is. You can't do anything about it. You can only choose how to respond. Are we going to search for Jesus? And if we do, what are we going to do when we find him? Because this story is about one king looking for another after hearing that news. Now the first king is King Herod the Great. Now we know from Roman historians like Josephus that he was made ruler over Israel at the age of 25. He was given 2,000 soldiers, like a soldier we had on the door, and he brought safety and peace to the region. He built lots of castles like Masada and lots of cities and gave really lavish gifts to his supporters. But he was also an incredibly paranoid man. He had his mother-in-law murdered, his brother-in-law, even his own wife. The emperor of Rome once said it's better to be Herod's pig than Herod's son because Herod wanted to keep control so much he had three of his own sons strangled to death. He was a paranoid man who would stop at nothing to keep his power. And in verse 2, Herod gets the news of Jesus' birth. So the wise men who are already searching for Jesus say, where is he? who has been born king of the Jews. The second king is Jesus, this baby born in a manger. Isaiah 9 calls him the everlasting God, the Prince of Peace. And his kingdom is us, our lives and our hearts, should we want it to be. So Herod joins in the search. And we see a desperate King Herod manipulate the wise men into leading him to Jesus. And when that doesn't work, He unleashes death and carnage on the towns of Bethlehem, slaughtering every boy two years old and younger. Jesus is called the King of the Jews. Herod was acting like the King of the Jews. So he knew his power was really finely balanced and this could upset it. So in a way, I guess Herod hated what the news of Jesus' birth represented and what that search would mean. Now, if we're honest, Herod is typically the bad guy of the Christmas story, a bit of a a Grinch that stole Christmas, Ming the Merciless, Panto villain, 80s reference. Um, And it's easier to see him as an unrelatable man that's evil, because when we do that, we remove the ability to learn anything from him. But I wonder, was Herod really the monster that we think he was, or was he just a normal bloke faced with a decision about the news of Jesus Christ? Ephesians 6.12 tells us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers, the rulers, and the authorities of this dark world. And what that means is, what Herod did was appalling. But just to dismiss him as a bad guy is to miss something really fundamental about our relationship with God. Because Herod really isn't that different from each of us. He's just a man with a choice to make. He eats, sleeps, and farts just like us. And at the heart of this story, the story of God reaching down to become man to save his children is a struggle between good and evil, not between people. It's a struggle 
between a perfectly holy God that is insanely in love with you and our own sinful natures that are in rebellion against the very God that made us. Herod is God's child, just like us. Herod is a broken sinner, just like us. And Herod had a choice to make about searching after hearing the news of Jesus, just like us. And there are lots of people searching for Herod in the Bible. Sick people, lepers, prostitutes, tax collectors, they're all looking for Jesus for different reasons. But no matter that reason, once they see him, they all make a decision about what the news of Jesus means to them. And in this passage, we see Herod looking for Jesus. In verse 8, he tells the wise men, go and go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back to me so I can go and worship him too. But was Herod really looking for Jesus so he could worship him? I don't think he was. I think he's looking for Jesus to kill him. Herod was scared of Jesus and scared of what Jesus represented. He's the most powerful man in the area. Why didn't he go himself? Why hide behind three strangers he's never met before? Well, the truth is how Herod ran his kingdom is how many of us live our lives today. The kingdom of Herod was built for Herod by Herod to serve Herod. He lived for himself first and foremost. There was no room for anyone else. That's why he reacts so violently to the news of Jesus. Verse 3 tells us he was greatly troubled when he heard about Jesus. Because the news of Jesus' birth would be a threat to him. And searching for Jesus, coming face to face with him, would have forced Herod to make a decision. Because either Jesus is the king or Herod is the king. It can't be both of them. Now if Herod is the king, he can stay in charge of his life. He can keep doing what he wants to do. But if Jesus is king, what that means is he'd have to change everything. How he lived his life and what he was living for. And I wonder, if we're honest with ourselves, can we be a little bit like that as well? We might have heard about God, we might even come to church, but are we actually scared to look for God? Do we hesitate in looking for God because there are places in our lives and think... um, that we might be forced to make a choice? Do we fear what God actually represents? Are there behaviours, habits, patterns of relationships that we want to hold on to? And looking for God would jeopardise that. We're all searching for something because we all worship something. And that thing that you worship is the thing you run hardest after and it's the thing you search for the most. People worship all kinds of things. Jobs, cars, families... Um, status, sex, drugs. Herod searches for Jesus to kill him because Herod worships power. He didn't want to lose what he had. So he resorts to the massacre of children because when you worship something, you will go to extraordinary lengths to protect it. And how often do we see that in today's society? People from every walk of life do unspeakable things to hold on to what they have. And yet just as easy it is just to point the finger and say, that's the bad guy. All of those people were capable of exactly the same thing. And all those people are just like us. Broken sinners made in the image of a perfect God. Isaiah 64, 6 says, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall and our sins sweep us away like the wind. 
Herod made a show of searching for Jesus and he displays his righteous deeds to the wise men but they are nothing but filthy ranks to God and the reason for that is because God looks at your heart. Herod was more interested in staying in power than finding Jesus so he could worship him. So what are you searching for deep down? What's in your heart? Like Herod, have you heard the news of Jesus and if so, are you searching for him? Herod hides who he truly is from the wise men in verse 8. We might not like it, but we can do the same thing. The way we portray ourselves to the world often doesn't match what's in our hearts. And I get it. I, I really do. We're in a, a really weird superficial world of Snapchat and Facebook and, and Instagram. Sorry to those of you who took part in the competition. But we, we try and portray ourselves to be good, interesting, fun people. We don't want people to see our junk and our society even punishes us when we show that side of us. Because it's often easier to pretend one thing and live another way because we want to stay in control. Verse 3 tells us that Herod was greatly troubled when he heard about Jesus, but he pretends to be holy to the wise men and reacts in anger inside. Often the things that we show the world don't match what's in our hearts and don't each of us do the same in some way, just because, like Herod, we're maybe scared of letting God in. We're scared of what would happen if we search for Jesus with everything in us. I think, if we're honest, we all have parts of our lives or areas we carry hurts or wounds from the past, and it's easier to mask over them and pretend that everything is okay rather than searching for God. Herod kind of span his own narrative. He told others a lie and told himself this lie that he's a a great and wonderful king and when that doesn't work he reacts in anger and although none of us are out to kill Jesus what kind of false narrative are we spinning the world what lies are we telling ourselves while we're pushing God away just like Herod maybe we feel we've been constantly rejected and we're scared to let God in because we worry he'll reject us too Maybe we're trapped in ways of of doing things or patterns of behaviour and we get comfort in and we worry that God will force us to face up to some hard truths. Maybe things like money, alcohol, sex, status, they have a a really unhealthy grip on us and we don't know how to get out. Now I'm going to be completely honest with you, I have had really bad depression for years and I find um, I'm often scared to pray into that because I feel it makes me less of a man. I find it difficult to be open about. I don't feel I can talk about the constant feelings of of numbness, the the worry things will never be good, how I I vomit blood, the the sleepless nights, the the panic attacks. Like Herod, it's easier for me to reject the good news of Jesus Christ in that, to keep a grip on my own life, spin a false narrative and pretend I'm okay and not search for Jesus. And yet I know I'm not the only one. There are people struggling with fear in this place. There is poverty in this place. There is sickness in this place. And there is worry and anxiety and panic and stress in this place. And I could go on. Are we looking for God in those places? How we feel, the things that we struggle with, they are important. God cares about them more than you will ever know. His son Jesus suffered everything we can ever go through on his way to the cross. 1 Corinthians 1 says, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. 
He comforts us in all our troubles. Because the things that hurt us, they break the heart of God. And the things that we struggle with, they aren't what God wants them for. Are we brave enough to recognize that and search for him? Because as bad as things get, we're all going to have to choose. What are you going to do about Jesus? When we hear about Jesus, like Herod did, in our fears and our doubts, are we going to search for him? And when we find him, how are we going to respond? Do we respond like Herod, in anger and offense, masking our fears and hurts? Or do we respond like the wise men? Verse 9 tells us that they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This Christmas, are we brave enough to search for the one that can give us that joy? So why search for Jesus, this baby who would be king? Jesus says in Matthew 19.30, But many who are first will be last, and the last first. For the kingdom of heaven is like, and that's the key to the search for Jesus that Herod missed, the kingdom of God. The promise of what looking for Jesus is about. It's not about getting you into a building on a Sunday, or getting your time, or your money, or getting you on a rotor, or singing a bunch of songs, or a bunch of rules. It's about a relationship with God, and God loving a hurting and broken world through us. We take the hand of God, and the hand of a broken world, and we bring them together through the cross of Jesus Christ. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. The kingdom of God is about taking that broken, sinful world and turning it on its head. In other words, the kingdom that Jesus is building, through those brave enough to search for him, through those that would make him their king, Jesus wants our concepts of how the world works are useless. Jesus wants to radically redefine our concepts of, of fairness, love, mercy and grace. Herod had great wealth. Jesus was born in a shed. Herod had soldiers, concubines, and servants. Jesus and his family ran for their lives. Herod had status. Isaiah 53, 2 tells us about Jesus. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Herod had palaces. Jesus said the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Things are different in the kingdom of God. This servant king, Jesus, wants to take our lives and ruin them in the best possible way. Herod was selfish and arrogant, I guess, like we, we all can be. But what about Jesus? The Bible tells us that he heals the sick. He casts out demons, gives sight to the blind, raises the dead, befriends the stranger, cures the leper. We read in Matthew 4.23 that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. What kind of king is that who does nothing but heal and lift up and love? Perhaps more impactful were the things that Jesus taught. Love, mercy, forgiveness. Luke 6.27, he says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. The words of Jesus were so countercultural then and now that if we truly believed them, If we internalized them, we would see this world changed in a heartbeat. That's the kind of king that Jesus is. That's the kind of king that we search for. The kind that's incredible, awe-inspiring, superior to anything that's ever been or ever will be again until he comes in glory. That's wonder beyond description. Doesn't that seem like something worth searching for? But this king did more than any other king could ever do. He made a way for us back to God. 
This king, Jesus, would live a perfect, sinless life. At the age of 33, he was tortured, whipped, and murdered on a cross for our sins. Jesus took our place, took the punishment, took the anger, took the wrath that we deserve, our place on the cross, and because of that, we are right with God. We are welcomed home as children of the Most High because of the love of Jesus Christ. This same baby born in a manger that we sing carols about, for whom we do all this, is that same man who would be crucified for our sins. He's that same king who would rise from the dead. He's that same king that will come again in glory and whose kingdom will have no end. And that is the true message of Christmas. That's the king that Herod tried to kill. That's the king for whom we are called to search. That's the king who makes us a way back to God. And if we do search, like Herod, we have a choice when we find him. Be our own king or serve the true king, Jesus Christ. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And what that means is the things that we worship, the things that we search for, they aren't important. They're never going to satisfy. They're never going to give our lives meaning. Only a relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, where we are loved, where we have hope of a future, forgiveness, protection, and certainty, that is important. That's worth searching for. And what better time is there amidst all the carnage of Christmas to stop and think about Christ and based on who he is and what he did is there any other reasonable response than to search for him and when you find him to worship him as king we're all in different places I don't pretend to know what's going on with with anyone here but some of us will know Jesus we've searched for him our entire lives and found him but if we're honest there are places there are things in our lives we're, we're scared to let him into Maybe, like Herod, you're putting up this, this false front. Maybe you once knew Jesus and you're pretending that everything's okay. But if you're honest, maybe you've got step by step away from him to the point you don't see him anymore. Or maybe you're wondering if there is a God, could there be? And if there is, where does Jesus fit in? I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, try searching for Jesus. Because I promise you, with every shred of integrity in me, if you draw close to him, well, that's for the first time or the hundredth time. He will draw close to you and your life will never be the same again. I'm going to pray for us in a moment. And I'm going to invite the band back up. And just while I start uh, praying, I'm going to encourage you to search for Jesus. No matter where you are or what you're going through, search for him and let him be crying this Christmas. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for who you are and thank you for everything that you're doing. I pray, God, that you would... Help us search for you. Father God, help us find you. We know that you, uh, you want a relationship with us. And God, I pray that you would just show yourself to us again. As everyone's heads are down, everyone's eyes are closed, I just want to ask you, maybe there are some places in your life where you need to search for God. Maybe there are things on there that have a hold on you. Maybe you don't see God anymore. Maybe you once did, or maybe you've never known who Jesus is. Actually, I'm just going to ask you to, uh, no one else is looking, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and we're going to pray together. Father God, thank you for who you are. We want to make you king again. Come into our lives. Wash us clean. Pray that you'll help us search for you and keep searching. Amen.